Hi everyone, welcome back to the Just Interesting People podcast. My name is Rosie and I'm here with my co-host and husband Jeremy. And today we are talking to Anthony and Helena. Anthony and Helena are the founders of Eco Brewery, a brewery based in England creating African-inspired craft beers. They share with us where their interest in beers come from and how they manage in a few years to turn a hobby into a passion and a business. Cheers! Hello, Anthony and Helena. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. I am so excited to talk to you. I can't wait for this conversation, but welcome and thank you. Thank you for having us. Yes, thanks. Thanks for having us and inviting us onto your podcast. <laughs> thank you, guys. Uh, like I was saying just before we play this, we press record. You're the first couple that we have on the show. So <laughs> yes, that's a special episode we'll, for us. <laughs> we'll try to leave up, live up to the hype. We'll yeah. We're going to set the bar really high. Yeah. So whoever comes after, they have a lot, to, a lot to live up to. So basically, a few months ago, I was with my brother-in-law, uh, Rosie's brother, in his house, trying some beers. And he was telling me about this really nice beer that his friend created and he told me all about you guys about the brand about how you came up with the brewery and stuff like that and i was like this is so cool i want to chat to them <laughs> please can you put me in touch because <laughs> i thought yeah. it was really cool a very original story i love stories about about people you know chasing the dream and pursuing a passion a passion but also with a story behind it because it's not mm -hmm. just you decided one day to create your own beer and you randomly picked a name and stuff like that. There is a really cool mm -hmm. story behind the brand, which I think makes it very special and, and even, you know, better. So yeah, that's Thank why you. you're on the show today to share this, this story, basically. Cool. Um, it's, it's a really interesting story. It's a really, a really long journey and it started a very long time ago. Um, and I guess just touching on the point you, you made about um, trying the beers, um, so Rosie's brother, I used to work mm -hmm. with Rosie's brother. That's how I know Rosie's brother. And um, we would joke about um, going off and starting our own businesses. And it was sort of a joke we'd have in the office between the two of us because right. he knew about my business. I knew about his, his business. And yeah, to then see it grow and grow to the point that both businesses mm -hmm. are at the stage that they're in now, um, I think it's been quite good. Um, yeah. And it's, I guess it's something that we share, something that we have in common, so it's something that we always mm. talk about. Um, but in terms of yeah. the, the brewery and Echo and where it all started, um, it it pretty much started, I guess, th there's two parts of it. There's the journey, my journey through beer. Um, I guess my earliest memory is probably my great-grandmother having dark beers, drinking mm. a stout. And Helen is, is very similar, family members drinking drinking beer and I'll, I'll let Helena touch on her journey into sort of beer and then craft beer and um, and whatnot. But years ago, I got a job um, as an engineer and I'd travel around the world and I'd try to have the local beer wherever I went to. So I'd, um, mm. I'd make a very big point of, okay, wherever I'm having dinner, do they have a local beer? If they didn't, it wasn't the end of the world. I'll still have, I don't know, a Heineken <laughs> or, or whatever it was at yeah. the time. Um, <laughs> And then, and then I went to Japan, and I really enjoyed my time in Japan. And then I decided to go back to Japan traveling. And while I was in Japan, we went to a city in the north of Japan called Sapporo. And you might know Sapporo have a, a very famous brewery called the same name, same name as the city Sapporo. 
worked around the brewery and um, I think that's where I fell in love with the brewing process itself. Mm. Like you could see these guys, they were really into what they were doing. They were getting all these food ingredients and creating a really nice beverage at the end of it. Mm. And they had so much passion about it when they talked to us about it when we did the brewery tour. Um, and they had unique beers and special beers that they only made and sold at the brewery. So it felt like you were getting a bit of a special treatment and trying things that you couldn't yeah. buy out outside of the brewery. Um, and then fast forward a few years, I lived in America and the craft beer seemed sort of blowing up over there at the time. And Helen would come and visit and we would go to um, pop-up beer gardens and mm. craft beer pubs mm. and we would try different beverages some good some maybe less so yeah so, <laughs> you just took um, me along with him he was like oh come and try you know craft beers and i was like uh, i'm not really into beer that was literally before he was just like, i'm not really into beer but then yeah he would still take me along we, we and it was quite it was a nice i think for me it was a nice experience just you know it was it was different i think to what the beer drinking culture is like in the UK and also yeah. what mm. I, I knew as beer was just, you know, your standard lagers um, and or, or Guinness. I didn't really think of anything else. I knew of craft beer, but I didn't think I would even like it or just how yeah. much nuances there is to and the different styles of beers. That was um, an eye opener. Yeah, definitely. I think some of that maybe was my fault and also some of the beers I introduced <laughs> Helen and Sue off the bat so, so things like Dogfish Head and um, Sierra Nevada um, Sierra Nevada super bitter yeah. Dogfish Head is super super high heavy beer um, so maybe so you didn't ease her in gently then? no not <laughs> at all the best beers to it start was with. like yeah we're going to give you like an IPA that's been like triple hot and, yeah. and I was just like oh my goodness this is just assaulting my senses what is going on <laughs> some of those but then afterwards i kind of you know i found out what i liked which ones i preferred and you know the styles of beers it's just my your palate does get used to it but then you get you do get an appreciation for the hops and the malt and everything yeah. else um so yeah so that's how i guess yeah, yeah that's how the journey the interest in both of us in craft beer. In finding that interest in craft beer but like you said, even from like a very young age, to be honest with you, I think similar to him, I think it's the thing where African women drink a lot of beer. They actually, I, I, okay. when you think about beer drinking, a lot of the time African women will drink beer more than wine even, especially for me anyways, when I grew up, mm. I saw a lot of my moms and my aunties. And so we obviously talking about the background and we're saying Echo is the name of... Uh, what is now known as the city of Lagos in Nigeria, so Anthony's Nigerian, um, but I'm actually Congolese, and in Congo, it's like a lot of the women drink beer, like they love, love their beers, so that's what I was used to, to seeing, I think even now, when you, if you look, there's a huge shift going on in the craft beer scene, where, you know, we can see that we're really, women are really trying to stand up for themselves, and you know the fact that we drink beer too but actually it's a thing that's always always happened and 
Mm. Um, that a lot of I don't know why mainstream thinks that women don't drink beer or that it's not a woman, <laughs> a feminine drink. But to me, that was I think earliest memories of beers was actually the women in my family mm. drinking as opposed to to the men. And um, I guess it depends on the culture, I would yeah, say, and, it definitely and the local thing. Like, for, like if I, if I share like my personal experience, clearly, um, I would say that most in France, in the south of France, mm-hmm. for, for, for what I know, like most men drink beer and women drink more like wine here, mm-hmm. for example. Yeah, but wine is also very a very local drink, mm-hmm. also. So you know, it's it's that also might be one of the reasons. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. I didn't know. Uh, I, didn't yeah. know. Yeah, I guess it's just cultural. It is cultural, but some I think maybe it also it probably comes from the history because historically a lot of the women used to brew beer. Actually, they still do in a lot of the villages. The women yeah. would brew the beer, um, and mm. then so I think some of that's been passed on. But I I don't know if the history's been diluted or because a lot of people are like oh yeah we do this but it's just it's normal to them right and um, yeah. I think in modern times some I, I don't even think they realize it it's just part of it I think they will yeah. have like they'll tell you I'll have like a shandy a beer with obviously some lemonade and it's just but they'll be like oh no 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 I'm not I'm not a beer drinker really and it's like you've literally just had a beer. <laughs> <laughs> you just mixed it so yeah it's, it's i don't know i don't know where it comes from but yeah it's interesting so you both had an interest in beer that you discovered together but there's one thing to be interested in it and there's something else to turn it into a side of soul slash business especially when you have already a career and you know you, you're already yeah. focused on <laughs> something specific yeah. so how did you decide yeah. to make something out of this interest so I think what happened was, so after I came back from America, um, I started doing a bit of home brewing mm. um, and Helena was part of that process. She bought me a book. <laughs> um, so I started well, doing some said you were brewing. interested and I was like, oh, that sounds fun. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Nice Christmas present. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, there you go. I did some home brewing um, and then I made some beers, some some were good, but what I was finding was that it was very difficult to control the process at home. Okay. Um, so I decided I need to maybe go and brew somewhere else that had better equipment and I could learn from other people. Mm. And luckily, there was a community of brewers that went to a particular spot in London and mm. did that. Um, so I, I joined up, became a member, um, and I brewed beer there for like two years on a, like a 20-litre kit. Um, and... You'd, you'd brew the beer, you'd go and you'd brew the beer, you'd speak to people. Part of the brewing process is a lot of sitting around. Yeah. Um, so in that time, you'd drink some beer and socialise and talk to people and basically get a lot of knowledge from these people. Because mm. some of them were actually brewers that worked at some big breweries. Mm-hmm. And they were just brewing these small batches as experimental batches for themselves. Yeah. Um, right. It's sort of like a, a hobby outside of their main job and... Um, so you end up picking up a lot of knowledge or even people that have been brewers in the past that didn't want to brew at home, um, but they'd come and brew um, at this particular site. Yeah. So it it was good because, well, number one, we got to learn, I got to learn a lot about brewing and I got to use pretty decent kit to brew um, the beer. And also over those two years, I managed to brew quite a few different beers and those beers became sort of the benchmark in terms of recipes that right. 
for the beers that we ever brewed afterwards. Mm. Um, and we brew, so we, one of the beers I brewed was um, a smoked porter, and I brewed it over and over and over again, just kept tweaking the recipe, talking to people, giving it to people to try um, at this place, and they'd give me, com they'd make comments and give me recommendations what I could tweak to make it a better beer. Um, and then um, we try. We also tried that particular beer, that style of beer, with like family and friends, um, yeah. mm. um, and they liked it, and they gave really good feedback. And then at that point, it was like, okay, what if we brew a big batch of this beer and see if we can sell it? So yeah, so we decided to brew it and see if we can sell it, and that that's how the basically the business part of it started. Yeah, wow. okay. our family and friends yeah. were hardly yeah. lay peeps. <laughs> like, what do yeah. you think of this? It was, and they were like, oh, this is, this is nice, it's different. And we're like, they were like, who, who makes this? Um, us <laughs> or yeah. Anthony? <laughs> Anthony yeah, and actually it was, it, it was this particular beer yeah, that we brewed. It was the Echo Black. We've got it back in cans. So when we brewed it the first time, it was in bottles and cans. Yeah. Um, but it it only stayed in cans for about a year and we haven't had it in cans since but we've got it in cans again yeah. um it's a smoked porter in it yeah it, it goes really well with food and it was brewed intentionally to go well with sort of smoked barbecue um food mm. so yeah really happy with it and we're still making it it's still the same recipe it's still going down really well that's cool so yeah so when you started at this time when you when you were sharing it with friends and family and you, you sold the first batch did you have any brand and stuff like that in mind or it was just like this is a can with beer inside and i've done it and here it no, is i think so actually when we first when family and friends first tasted it it was literally there was nothing just there the was bottle. no there was just a bottle there was no yeah, branding yeah. there was nothing and then when they were like yeah this is really good like we were like okay what if we do make something from this? And they were like, yeah, you definitely should try it. You should sell this. And then that's when we were like, okay, what do we, what do we name it? What yeah. do we name the beers, the company? Yep. You know, what do we do with this? And then obviously, you know, it was Anthony's first baby. So he was like, you know, what about Echo? And then talking to me about what Echo was. And I was like, it's great let's let's do it and then obviously our backgrounds are both african so we were like well obviously yes even though it's got echo black which is nigerian we also want to make sure that we incorporate it in well as we go on it would be nice to kind of <laughs> incorporate loads of different you know aspects of africa different places mm. in africa and you know we're from two different cultures in africa mm. so we thought why not let's start off with this and then as we grow it'd be great to do things with different um from different from different countries in africa and then yeah it just it just grew from there really and now we have what you see here as the the can with the art work and um that was actually pretty it was a pretty i think it was a pretty cool label actually a really good idea because it's actually yeah. that satellite is inspired off the satellite um, image of Africa at night. Mm -hmm. And then it's got all the bright lights, you know, based on all the different countries or where all yeah. the different pop people are, are, you know, where people are pop uh, populate the countries. So, yeah, and then it just took on a world of it, a mind of its own, really. <laughs> did you get somebody in to do the branding or is that something you did between the two of you? 
No, so it's it's basically what it's what we created. Is yeah. Just wow. yeah, we. I think we we didn't have many concepts. We sort of sat down and sketched something out and thought, okay, I think this works. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then it's like, okay, let's. Where do we put the text? And we had different options with the text in different places, different yeah. fonts. Yeah. But ultimately. It didn't really change too much from that first sketch. Yeah, cool. didn't. And then it made it, we agreed on it. Yeah. And then it made it onto the labels. It made it onto the label. Obviously, we worked with a graphics designer to have it, you know, in 3D yeah. and yeah. everything else. And it kind of, he kind of helped with how the lines were a bit more, you know, um, lighter and softer. And mm. Um, mm. But, yeah, other than that, it's literally... Just ours. <laughs> I think cool. we still have the yeah. piece of paper. We still have the piece of paper. I sketched it out on this. <laughs> Literally, it's, it's, did I? Use, I think I used the blue pen. You the pen. <laughs> sketched it out on <laughs> a blue pen. Took and a picture of it on my phone and sent it. To and them. Sent it off. <laughs> and said, "Recreate yeah. this." And it's and quite then, strongly, I think, in terms of the, the design and the label, it's quite strongly, I think, African. And so, there was. There was not hesitation, but you do have to think it's like, hope people don't feel like we're not alienating anyone, but it's just us mm. giving our brand and we yeah. hope that people, you know, not just buy into it, but understand what we're trying to do. Yeah. And they have, and everybody really, well, most people, I think everyone actually, no one's come and say, I hate this. <laughs> everybody really loves yeah. it. So we are... Yeah, so actually we're glad. Like I said at the beginning, is what's cool about your brand is there is a story. Um, I don't know why I think about that, but I remember watching The Apprentice last year mm -hmm. and they had to create a beer or some alcoholic beverage and they came up with the most boring label you could think about beer. <laughs> like you see, you know, 50 of them in, in the store already. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just another beer bottle. Yeah. That was it, you know? And... I don't know, you know, when you go to a grocery store, there is, I don't know how many different beers that you can pick. Yeah. And yeah, you might go for the one that you always pick, but if you want to get something new, you're going to go with the label that is going to pick yeah. your interest with something on the packaging that's going to, oh, there is something, you know, there, like a, a story or whatever it is. You, you, yeah. you need to yeah. have some sort of connection before you know what's inside. Yeah. So I think yeah. that's why having a branding, having a statement, whatever it is, is important Definitely. because that's how yeah. you can convince new people to at least give it a shot yeah. they like yeah. it or not that's another story but no. yeah it's interesting yeah. you say that so i was talking to a, a guy that owns a, a brewery a really successful brewery um and I, I remember at the time we um we were thinking of releasing some beers with a slightly different take on the artwork um it's something we were sort of thinking about um and he said, why would you do that? Everyone else's labels look the same. Yours stands out from everyone else's. So yeah. why, why would you change yeah. yours to make it look like theirs? Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah. It, that really stuck with me. It's like, we've created something that's different from everybody else. Yeah. So on a shelf, it always stands out. Yeah. yeah. So, and it's recognisable yeah. now. I did, I think the first one, especially the black, which the porter and then the gold, the lager, were obviously just black and and then with a gold or white writing and we thought oh is that a bit simple uh, especially because craft beers we know out there they love all the colorful colors and they have a lot yeah. of great and wonderful designs so we did think oh but actually because everybody else was so colorful and these were our first beers and we came with these <laughs> literally monochrome <laughs> and then just like the gold and black 
it actually stood out and not it stood out more because everybody else was like what is this it's something we it was in the back of our minds but it's not something we um we didn't really put too much effort into creating i mean we didn't want to be like everyone else but at the same time um I guess I guess we just created something that we wanted, and then it stood out. <laughs> so yeah, yeah that's, that's the best way. It, to it do worked it. out. I think so, definitely. Yeah. you've got to do something that you enjoy and and hope, and then let people come come to you with that and buy into yeah. it. Otherwise, you're not doing it because you like it or for the love of it. I think this. Yeah, just... and also otherwise you won't last anyway because exactly. you're doing something for other people, not for yourself. Exactly. And eventually it's just going to become yeah. a job, you know, and exactly. you'll be just meh. So yeah. can you tell us a little bit about how uh, you're incorporating your different African roots and origin into the beers? How, how do you do that? Is it through ingredients, through the process? How does that work? Uh, a little bit of both. So... Like we, I think Anthony said at the beginning, so with this first beer, we intentionally made it to be low bitterness. So mm -hmm. yeah, I think it was in terms of the way that, again, Africans like to consume beer a lot of the time is with food. And I think, you know, when you think of pop culture here, you have loads of pubs that don't actually sell food. They'll just give you some crisps and nuts, and yeah. which is great too. But I don't think there's any country, whether it's in Nigeria or in Congo, where you'd go and have a beer and you wouldn't get food with it and so we were mm. like okay if we create this we need to make sure that it's something that goes really well with food and actually mm. i think in our mind when we we're thinking of who to sell it to we we're actually thinking of restaurants and so mm. um yeah so we th i think with this beer it doesn't have any particular ingredients although we did use some malts that give you chocolatey aromas which You know, mm -hmm. as you know, cocoa is one of the Africa's biggest ex exports. So, you know, those were all the concepts that were going through our head. But predominantly, we were like, okay. And also, historically, African beers were made without hops, and so they weren't, you know, bitter. So we that mm -hmm. was how, in terms of how we brewed, brewed it, I guess the technique. And then, as we've evolved, as we evolved and did the different beers and grew, we then started to become more experimental with the ingredients. So. Mm. We, the other subsequent beers that we used, uh, that we brewed, sorry, was the gold, lava, and then the IPA that you had, the Nepal had um, uh, something called coconut palm sugar in, and that was mm. inspired by a drink called palm wine, which is again, very, very popular across Africa, um, mm. you know, in Congo and in Nigeria, but even places like Ghana, Never else they drink it as it's like it's a it's a celebratory drink so to speak you know okay. you have it at parties at weddings even to celebrate someone's passing um you know it's very well known but we couldn't put the, the palm wine yeah. into the beer so we thought Brewing okay beer, we'll use the raw ingredients that are used to, yeah. to make it and uh yeah and then from there we've gone from You know, from using those types of ingredients, using, you know, staples like yam and cassava. And we've even used South African hops, um, which mm -hmm. are not used, you know, often in Europe, to be honest. Um, so we managed to get them. Um, as you know, a lot of the hops that I use are European, American, um, New Zealand hops. 
and uh, I think South Africa is the only African, not I think, no, it is the only African country to grow hops um, at the moment Um, because the climate in Africa is not, you know, the most suited um, for hop growing because it's just so hot. But but yeah, actually, they managed to to grow some on the Western Cape because it's a lot cooler and uh, we managed to get some. They haven't been, I think, a lot of people didn't manage to get any in the UK for a long time and we managed to get some. So again, we were like, well, you know, we've got to create a series of beers with these hops. So yeah, it's been That's a little cool. bit of both, a bit of, you know, the ingredients and the technique, definitely. It's so cool to hear about this because I don't know anything about beer. Like I didn't know you could get different hops from different places or like different, I don't know, I just yeah. had no idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you remember your first sale? And also do you remember how you felt when you had your first sale? Because that must have been a bit of a like, holy shit moment. <laughs> oh my gosh, it really was. Who was the first sale? You don't remember? Is it? Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to remember mine last night. It's the market. It was a supermarket. Yeah. It was the mini market. The mini market. Yeah. Mini market yeah. yeah, a local mini market. Yeah, who... that's actually quite Funny an interesting enough, story. Because we we so, actually met him at yeah, the craft so we, beer festival. So we went to a craft beer festival, <laughs> and um, this was around the time where I was home brewing and hadn't quite taken a step to mm. brewing bigger batches yet. Um, and we went to this craft beer festival together and we were trying lots of different beers. And this guy was at the craft beer festival and he had a bottle shop at the craft mm-hmm. beer festival. So he was selling cans and bottles of beer. And we, I can't remember what we bought from him, but we got talking to him. Beer. And we bought <laughs> beer. Obviously beer, but I can't remember which <laughs> one. Yeah, yeah. So um, we got talking to him and then I said to him, uh, one day I'll create my own craft beer company. And when I do, I'll come and see you. And he laughed it off and we just kind of forgot about it. We left. And then when we had the first batch, I thought, you know, what? I'm going to go back there. Because <laughs> I, knew, I knew where his shop was. And he, mm. had, he actually had a, a like a mini market where he, mm. and he specialised in selling craft beer. So I was like, I'm going to go back there. And I'm going to say to him, do you remember I met you two years ago? I've got some beer that I've made. Give it a try. Let me know what you think. If you want to sell it. Then. And, um, and I went back. He didn't remember me. Um, initially and then after a while it kind of clicked okay I do remember you now because mm-hmm. I knew the person that had set up the festival the craft beer festival as well mm. so through knowing that person he remembered who I was mm-hmm. right. um, so he tried the beer really liked the beer and he became our first sale so, yeah. Cool. so yeah <laughs> he took it and then they have another store that yeah. took it to and then after that it was actually a restaurant funny enough mm. yeah a restaurant and Second they are restaurant. yeah they've been really amazing i think um in terms of we weren't even expecting it to be on we tried <laughs> we were like yeah. let's try it because uh, they're actually a michelin star restaurant but wow. the food that they do is um so it's 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 just a great concept so the chef is you know he's he's a he's british chinese and his best friend is Nigerian and his best mm. friend took him to Nigeria and was like, oh, look, this is amazing. Look all this food. Um, do you think we could do something with this? And so they have, um, it's not a fusion, of, but it, there is a fusion there in terms of this African food, but mm-hmm. it's got this Asian twist to it. So the way mm. that it's presented and it's just amazing. The food is absolutely 
they they Just use they use West African West Afri ingredients. Yeah. Um, but the way that it's presented is yeah in a in a Asian really cool. food dish um, style and yeah so we were like well you know like we said we grew this to go with food and you know we think we 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 like the sound of their dishes because at that point we hadn't had any we hadn't been able to 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 go eat there yet and then yeah they were like sure fine we'll take it try it <laughs> and then they were like yeah we really like it to be honest with you i wasn't expecting to hear back from them yeah yeah <laughs> that's the brutal honest truth i we yeah. i gave them samples i actually went in and dropped the samples yeah. and talked them through the beer and we only had one beer at the time mm. And they were it's like, you only have the one beer. And I, I assumed that because we only had the one option, mm. it was a problem. Because yeah. um, they, if, I guess if they're, if if the people dining there really liked the beer, it'd be nice to offer them Something more than one style option. of beer. And then yeah. also we had a smoked porter, which isn't the easiest beer to sell yeah. um, mm. in any setting, really. Lagers yeah. sell really well. People really like IPAs because it's kind of like, oh, it's, it's craft beer, it's IPA. So yeah. lagers, IPAs, those styles of beer sell, it's, they're easier to sell. Um, so, yeah, just wasn't expecting to hear back from them, to be honest with you. And then they, they called and said, oh, yeah, we try the beer, it's different from everything we've tried. And, yeah. Because they get approached all the time. Yeah. Yeah, by, yeah, by, by people them. doing lager and IPA probably so yeah. you yeah. probably receive 25 a month um, <laughs> so yeah, you, to try you and then they say again. no yeah. and they were like it's different from everything else that we try and get sent and we, we'd like to take the beer <laughs> and yeah we were super excited and yeah it was okay. great and I think that's when we were basically like hey well we were doing this then because yeah. now, once I guess, especially with restaurants, once they decide that they take you and you're on their menu, it's like, okay, we've got to make sure we have beer for them. You have, have to deliver, to yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And you, then, you, yeah, you can tell your friend, like, sorry, that, that was the only batch. But yeah, when you have a business buying into it, it's like, okay. Exactly. <laughs> especially they're like, you've got your beer on our menu now. What, where is it? And then, yeah. And then we made our gold. And they were like, tried it. They're like, yep, we'll take that too. <laughs> like okay um, interestingly yeah. i think it's crazy they have taken every single beer that we've made yeah, so far they've wow. taken every single beer yeah. i think they've That's taken cool. beers off to have our beer yeah but, um mm. yeah, so they, it's, yeah, it's been mind-blowing yeah. to be honest really cool. and um so yeah so that's how does that work do they do they order like a certain amount per month and then you just keep delivering every month is it like a monthly contract i guess so they just so they have an ordering process. Um, there's a system they order through. So they once they get through the stock, um, mm -hmm. they just order more to make sure yeah. that they never yeah. have a period where they don't have any beer. Yeah. And then we just yeah. fulfil based on um, the yeah. ordering system. So I'm very curious because okay, you have an interest in beer. Okay, I'm gonna make my own beer for myself and for friends, and then. You find a place where you can brew some beers, but suddenly you have people buying it. Yeah, you there's so many jobs, you know, like within the business. Like you need to obviously have a good product, otherwise you're not going to sell it. You have to nail the branding, which you did amazingly. But then there is production. Like when you have someone, okay, I need ten cases. 
okay, like, you know, this one thing by giving a pack of six to your mate and giving, I don't know, 60 pack to, <laughs> I don't know, yeah. many yeah. restaurants, right? How did you suddenly manage the growth and especially like on the production side? Um, so <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. So we um, so to start off with, it was easier to manage because we were brewing not as big a batch, and mm. we didn't have like an extensive list of customers. customers the customers grew slowly, right? And yeah. as the customers grew, and the volumes we needed to ship out every week increased, um, we just brewed in places that we could make much bigger batches. Yeah. Um, okay. So like we we now brew. Um, 2,400 litres every time we brew um, a batch. Mm. Um, so we, it's a significant um, volume. Um, so, yeah, we just we just scaled up our production to match the, the demand, the demand yeah. orders that are coming in. Um, and it's, it's what, the first time we brewed that volume, it was a bit scary because we obviously <laughs> we never brewed anything near yeah. that sort of volume. Um, what if we can't sell it? <laughs> yeah, we were brewing 800 yeah. litres at a time um, and then we scale it up to two 2,400 um, and then you need to brew 2,400 more often because you now have different styles of beers. Yeah. Um, mm. I think we have like seven or eight beers now. Yeah. So it's 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 it can it's a bit nerve-wracking. Okay, we're brewing all of this beer and we have to sell all of this beer. Um, but yeah, the demand has kept up so I think it's, I guess, testament to the fact that we made a good yeah. product. Yeah. So. Yeah. So yeah. And because did, we did you have oh. did you have any also like background in in entrepreneurship in running this kind of operation, or you just figure out <laughs> learning as we go? <laughs> yeah, we're learning as we're we learning go. As we go. Yeah. But you do have there is one, I guess. So you know, Anthony did an MBA. He likes to be modest about it, but. He's done an MBA, so it's good, and that helps. That helps, and I yeah. think in my job as well, we are, um, you know, we're kind of they encourage us to make sure there's some sort of business development aspects, and you know, we have clients, both of us, obviously, because you know what Wally does um, as consultants, mm -hmm. they are clients, so you're you're always trying to make sure your clients are happy, so. <laughs> You know, it does take some market research and it does, but a lot of it, I think, as you can say, oh, I'm a business owner, but every business is going to be different, right? So a lot of it has mm. been, you know, learning, learning yeah. on the job, yeah. And, okay, Helen, I mentioned I have an MBA and, okay, the MBA covers a breadth of different topics, right? Mm. You cover marketing, but then again, things move so quickly. The stuff that you do now is sort of social media, wasn't really covered yeah. on the MBA when I did the MBA. Yeah, TikTok it, was not on the curriculum. Exactly right. Exactly. <laughs> so it, it's 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 good to have those things, but at the same time, you need to learn on the job. Yeah. Um, mm. Anyone that starts a business, you, you find that um, sometimes you pivot. So the original idea you have, um, if you spend all your effort making sure you know every single thing about that type of business, yeah, um, might not actually be beneficial to your business because six months down the line what you thought was mm. the concept that you were going to take forward might pivot to something slightly different yeah so actually you just need to keep learning and, yeah. and be able to i think it's been about being flexible and yeah be flexible and learn and knowing that 
things could change and you yeah. but i think it does help having done only there's yeah, certain yeah. things that you know even from an economical standpoint yeah. and then going there being you have to be honest with yourselves and yourself and you know what how much are you going to put into your business what are you going to get out of it I think especially in craft beer the kind of business it is a lot of and especially when people are used to having all these breweries churning loads of different beers you know some breweries have like 80 plus beers and so wow. yeah and obviously we have we're like wow we have seven or we've done all together like eight or nine yeah. now because of the collabs but actually that's still a very small amount in comparison but yeah. we also have to be pragmatic you know we are small it's just we don't have a team it's him and i we don't have a physical site yet so we still contract brew and it's like and like he says, all those, you know, the, the litres and litres of beers we're brewing, we have to make sure we sell it. So can we really afford to start making like five different styles of yeah. beers every month? Probably not. So there's other kind of things that, you know, you just, I think that helped us, our backgrounds have helped us with. But yeah, a lot of it is about mm. being flexible and open and knowing that things, Not I don't want to say can go wrong, but you know, they might not always go the way that you want them to. Yeah. yeah. Mm. How did COVID impact the business? <sighs> Lots. Lots. I can't Lots. figure so out. Start, I can't, I can't, I can't figure out. Yeah, because I can't figure <laughs> out if people drank more beers and ordered more online or like, uh, yeah, I'm not sure which way. I do think COVID helped us. Actually, it kind of kickstarted that online mm. process because I yeah. don't think we would have had an online shop as early as we uh. did because we we basically we started in so we set up the company in 2018. I think when we were ever you know asking our guinea pigs to try the beers <laughs> and they were like, oh, you should sell them like our beloved friends and family. And then we thought maybe we should set up we set up the company whilst we were trying to brew and but then we released the first beer in 2019 and we only had that one beer the black for the smoke porter for a year mm. and then 2020 we released the lager like at the beginning of 2020 in jan and then <laughs> covid hit and we were like mm. oh my gosh we've just brewed all these beers oh. the restaurants who were our, basically no our customers no pubs, no bars. have shut and we were like <laughs> what are we going to do um, so it was quite scary. We yeah, we were like, what's happening? So then, yeah, basically pivoted, online shop, um, adapted. Yeah. So we probably wouldn't have had it as early as we mm. did. Could we have, you'll never know, right? Could we have done, we yeah. had so many plans for that year. It, so, so we don't know. The online bottle show was something we had in mind, but we just... But just not there. Yeah, not then. And we, it was finding time to do it. So we were prioritising other things. Yeah. But what COVID did was... It meant those other things we were prioritizing were all on hold. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so we had to do mm. the online shop in order to sell it's all of this beer that we just brewed. Yeah. <laughs> um, and maybe it was a good thing that we just brewed all of this beer because it, it put us on a bit of pressure to set up the yeah. shop and, <laughs> yeah. and get the beer sold. Um, so I think COVID, it, it wasn't, doesn't, I don't think there were any real like I think positive we, we stories could, you tell about yeah. COVID. But in, in a way, it forced us to do something yeah. mm -hmm. in terms of pivoting, mm. which then meant we had an online shop, yeah. an online presence. Yeah, definitely. And so I'm curious, you said you sell online and you also sell at restaurants and some shops as well. 
could you see yourself selling in big supermarkets like Asda's, Sainsbury's, Tesco's, that kind of thing? Or is that not really where you want the brand to go? Yeah, we are. Well, I mean, we've been in one before, so it's, even mm-hmm. though it was a collab. Um, so we're, we're not opposed to it, I think. But being the type of brew we are right now, so being one that can't, who can't, that contracts brew, brews, it's... A, a bit difficult mm. I think in terms of Volume, the numbers yeah. that they'll require um and I think a lot of them actually the supermarkets we spoke to the supermarket people spoke to are quite they've been quite um sensitive to that actually which I know people are like oh you know big corporations only but actually the people because we spoke to were like as a small business and we don't know if you'll be able to can you do it for this? We wouldn't want to make you. I think it was it's been like good discussions in mm. that yeah. they're like we wouldn't want you guys to come on and then you wouldn't be able to fulfill mm. it or yeah. you know put you in a in a difficult position. So yeah, but I think yeah, we're, we're open. Yeah, <laughs> we're not to the supermarket route. Yeah, yeah we've, we've we've dabbled in it once. Yeah. So yeah, and I we had a collab box in Tesco. Yeah. So yeah, we're not we're not opposed to it at all. And it makes yeah. it accessible to other people. Yeah. yeah, I think there are there are benefits to for business small businesses selling um, to supermarkets. Um, biz, benefits are not immediately apparent. Mm. Um, for instance, you might have certain communities that won't go into independent bottle shops mm. um, because it's an independent bottle shop that is known to sell in alcohol. Yeah. Mm. But these individuals and these communities consume alcohol. So how do they get access to beer? Yeah. Well, through supermarkets, they buy it with their groceries mm. um, because it's it's accessible through the supermarket. Mm. Um, so if, if you're not in a supermarket, then these individuals or these communities don't have access to to your product. Mm. Yeah. Right, so yeah, there are. There are definitely some benefits that are not immediately apparent. Um, yeah, selling through supermarkets. From my point of view, and tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel uh, it must be quite hard, no, as a small brewery to. I don't want to say that it's an oversaturated business, but there is a lot of beers out there, a lot of brands, and I feel like, you know, my dad he always buy the Heineken. Is it? There's some people that just they have one brand, they've been the same for 20 years and never going to change. You have, and I feel like our generation is more interested in craft beer, trying different, every time you go to a supermarket to a place, you're going to try a different brand just just to try and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, there is a lot of competition with big players out there that are able to obviously, because of the volume, knock the price down and stuff like that. How do you, how do you navigate that to, to be able for you to have a, sustainable business yeah so there's i guess there's two parts to what you said there's the bit about the commodity com oh, what's the work the right word um creating a commodity out of beer yeah. right mm-hmm. um so and the big businesses they do that um and it's it makes sense for them to do that because what it means is they can have much bigger market share mm. because the little guys can't exist yeah. at those sorts of volume so at those sorts of rates mm. so they sell big volume they're only interested in massive 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 volume they can sell it at a low price because the volume is so high and they still make a very good margin whereas the smaller guy can't create the volumes and can't sell at those margins so basically goes out of business mm. um, 
but there's 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 this little community of craft beer drinkers that maybe don't consume the the, the beers that are made by these really yeah. big companies, mm-hmm. the ones that are making mass produced beers. Um, and it's quite a big community of people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's where we sit most of the time, where we sell to independent bottle shops. Mm-hmm. And in, in that community, they accept the fact that for the smaller businesses, it costs more to make the beer. So yeah. Yeah. the price of the beer is going to be at a slightly higher price point. Yeah. And they accept that and they, under- they understand that. Yeah. Um, so they... They support that craft beer community. Yeah. But in exchange um, as well, they're paying a little bit more, but they're getting something completely different that they can't yeah. buy at a cheaper yeah, price. That's... So it's worth paying. Exactly. Yeah. It's not like you're selling the same yeah. thing twice the price just for the heck of it. Yeah. Like you're, they're selling something completely yeah. different that's a really unique experience. It's unique exactly. and it actually costs more to make. It's it not, does. It's not yeah. being sold at twice the price just because the individual selling at mm. twice the price wants to make more money. Yeah. It costs more to make when you're the, making it at a much smaller volume. The, but also, yeah, the process, the ingredients, you know, like, yeah, a big beer, a big um, company like Heineken or others like Stella will have like one hop in there. <laughs> Majority of it will be water. Whereas <laughs> we were talking about the different complex flavors mm. of the hops, varietals, and that's what goes into craft beer. It's literally a craft. And that's why it is. It does cost as much as it as it does. Um, and yeah, definitely. And even independent shops have been so instrumental. So I guess this is why, although we're open to going to supermarkets, you know, it's really important that you know those independent shops are still supported because they keep small businesses like yeah. ours yeah. going as well. Um, but it's interesting what you said. It's about your dad and drinking my Heineken and. That's something, yeah, like my parents and my dad as well would, when you drink a beer, they were more of a stella, stella people, <laughs> but still, that's what they knew. But then we, once you introduce them to this, they were like, oh, okay, because they just never knew that it was out there. Mm-hmm. But I think yeah. our generation are a lot more, we're open to trying yeah. different things. And actually the craft beer community or craft beer drinkers, that's what they look for. They always look for yeah. something new. Yeah. So yeah. even though they might have some favourite breweries, they're like, I want to try something different from, yeah. you know, look, the new brewery that's come out. What are they doing? And so, you know, anything. I think the the way our business is set up and where it's set up, although it is it is saturated, I think definitely. Mm-hmm. And craft beer is growing. There are so many out there, but actually, the craft beer drink that's what the craft beer drinker wants. They want something different, different. all the time. Yeah, they want to process. That's what. So, yeah. And that's the you know the second bit to the question you asked. It's that giving them something that's different, right? Mm. Um, and also, so there's there's also a lot of craft beer companies, right? Um, something there's I don't know how many craft beer companies I, um, set up every day yeah. in the UK, right? Whoa. There's probably a few new companies coming up uh, all of the time. You, you see them just pop up. Um, but how do you how do you exist in a space that's um, where there's just just a lot of people already in that space doing the same thing Mm. and i think the one thing for us is we're doing something slightly different from everyone else um if you've got a saturated market how do you stand out Mm. well you've got to do something different to stand out and what we're doing is different from most of the Mm. people who are in that space so yeah literally they're like what african inspired what do you mean and then they're 
they're like, oh, this is this is different. But yeah, that's in a good way. We, 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 we live we live in a we world look different. Where... <laughs> we do look different from everyone else in the craft beer scene, yeah. to be honest. But also, like we live in a world where it's all about getting people's attention, right? That's that's yeah. the key, yeah. <laughs> you know, on social media and everything. And and yeah. yeah, your brand, your brand, you know, looks different. Like we said before, uh, there is a story behind it, which I think is awesome. And and the taste is different, like you said. You know, you didn't go in the restaurant with another lager. You went with another product, and yeah. they remembered you just because of that, probably. <laughs> you know, how, out of yeah. when they had the review, reviewing the thirty people that showed up, like they remembered you because you were different. And 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 yeah, I think that's how also you can live longer in the business, I guess. But um, how do you? Like you both have a full-time job at the moment, like we were saying before recording. Yeah. Uh, you have a full-time job, your parents, and you have a co-brewery. So you have three jobs at the moment. <laughs> yeah. And um, how do you navigate it? Though? How how are you doing that? <laughs> we don't sleep. I think there's something wrong with there's both of us. You're laughing, but we don't. <laughs> We we talk about it all the time, but definitely something There's something wrong, wrong something. <laughs> something not right. Oh gosh, um, overachievers. I don't know. Not even over I don't know. I just I genuinely yeah. and I love people say, How do you do it? I don't know. I don't know the, how you do the, it. So the weird thing is it's it's super difficult and it's it's really <laughs> hard. Sigh. And it's it's really challenging and it puts a lot of pressure on us. But would I change it? No. Would you change it? Well, you know, I would like to have like <laughs> a weekend a once in a while yeah. <laughs> have a team of people help no no i wouldn't change it i wouldn't change it what we do what i would ask for is for us to have you know a physical site and yeah. finally be yeah. able to grow this the way it needs to, to grow I mean, we're on that we're on that path to get in that site and yeah touch change. wood everything will happen and we'll, we'll get the site mm. but actually the pain that we're going through i think and I think part of that is just because we have a passion for it. So it's not easy, but we carry on doing it, yeah. even though mm. it's not easy and it's actually really difficult. Um, so I think that's just, yeah, once you have a passion for something and you kind of set your mind to to doing this thing. Um, and, and also if you're doing it for the right reasons, mm. yeah. even though it's super difficult, you just keep going. Yeah, <laughs> um, well, that's the thing, isn't it? So, yeah because you've got the passion and because it's hard but you're still doing it you're gonna kind of outrun the people that start it as a business and then because they find out it's really hard they give up yeah. whereas if you're doing it because yeah. you actually love it and you can see you know long term you're gonna do well because you can see the vision for it before, you know yeah. before a lot of people would give up because it's too yeah. hard otherwise yeah yeah and it's it's ours like it's our it's another baby let's say it's another yeah. <laughs> it's literally it's it's our family's it's a family business really we're yeah. a family and sometimes we think about being able to pass this on to our kids and we're yeah. like this would be amazing if you mm. know we're still here 20 30 years on Azeko and our girls take it on or you know it's when i think about that i'm like it, i wanted to succeed and have yeah. longevity because of that so but yeah because it's literally it's it's us it's part of us yeah <laughs> i think so yeah definitely so what is for you the next step in terms of growing the business to have your own um 
like place to brew the, the, the beer and maybe you know also like go full-time on it and leaving your job like how 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 does that how do you make that happen I mean, we never leave beers, our yeah, jobs but... oh my no, gosh we love our down. jobs yeah. um, <laughs> like we love them no i do i do i, I generally do enjoy my day job i think there's something like no the next the next step would literally be to be able to have our own physical side because at the moment as it's it's great mm. we're growing beers we're selling to others but you know, we want people to come to us, be able to, yeah. to that's literally, that's the next natural yeah, step in, absolutely. in our, in the type of business that we have, have being able to sell directly. So many people say Direct they want to come to us and they went, yeah, yeah. Um, it will make such a huge difference. So it, it whichever does, way that happens. It you does know. more than that though. It, so, it, so when you have your own physical site, let's say we have a tap room, a bar attached to it, um, you can then start, people that come in can then start to get a sense of um, what type of business you are. Yeah. They, can, mm. they can, you know, you walk into a space, a bar, you can generally tell if the staff are happy. Yeah. Um, yeah. You get a sense of the ambience of the place, like the music, the lighting, the mood. <laughs> you, you have a feel for the, the culture within that business from just walking into, mm -hmm. into a space that's, being created by that business so yeah they, people can then start to see more of what is we um what is that's behind this being the business the culture that comes with it um whether it's music food whatever they they come and enjoy in the space so yeah we we just want to do more and we, we desperately need a space to be able to do that yeah. to be able to and to grow yeah. we do need it to be able and to yeah grow. We, yeah to grow as well in order to grow i think we definitely need to get our own space yeah, we're at that point now where it's imperative. You just mentioned about having like your own space with food, and I was just thinking that would be so cool because you created the beer that goes with food. Yeah. It'd be so good to be able to like hire a chef and have okay, we want this food to go with this beer and this food yeah, to go imagine. with this beer, and like you decide the food that's going with it rather than yeah, hand it to a different restaurant 100%. and them to decide. Yeah, yeah. that's definitely something. I can that see it. We have <laughs> it. Yeah, <laughs> that's definitely something that we have we've talked about actually so it's like you're in our brain Rosie you're yeah. there <laughs> um but yeah it's it's definitely something we've talked about and being able to do that would be absolutely amazing I think the perfect place would be somewhere where of course have our beer but yeah to have that the food go with it would just be amazing mm. 100% we'll yeah. have to make sure you guys come down and open it yeah, yeah. oh yeah That'd be amazing. Yeah, I'll come down. <laughs> no, yeah. no and again, like it goes, I think it goes also to everything you said about it's the identity of the business, you know? Yeah. Uh, you, right now, you're sharing the story and the identity and the personality of the business through yeah. the packaging, the colors, the taste, and stuff like that. And that's also another way to express that and to share that with people, to, to bring yeah. people into the, you know, the environment, the universe that you're creating in a way. And, yeah, and discover yeah. something new. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, I I love what you said before. You know, about like, I don't like I don't know how we're doing it. You're crazy about it, but it's just because you love what you do. You know, it's as simple as yeah. that, right? I think. I mean, you would yeah. not be doing it. You would not go through sleepless night and and no weekend if it was just yeah. something that you kind of enjoy doing. You. That's yeah. the only answer, basically. The reason you're doing it, the reason you can do it, 
it's just because you love it. It's as simple as that, I think. Yeah, yeah. no, 100%. We yeah. wouldn't be going through all of this if it wasn't. Yeah. It's a passion, literally. We just wouldn't. <laughs> We're just too tired to, to be doing it. <laughs> yeah, it has to be a passion if you... <laughs> Yeah. To get this, to get to this level of tiredness <laughs> and carry on, <laughs> you have this to have a mad or have a passion. Yeah, I think we have a bit of both. Or a bit of both. Yeah. <laughs> a bit of both. <laughs> a bit of madness and passion yeah. and madness. It's all the same thing, though. When you think about like, love, passion, madness, it's all it's just a degree. It's sort of, I think it's a spectrum. It's a spectrum, it's definitely. Yeah. Think yeah. about being in love and like how crazy you'll be for someone. It's the same, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, this You're is me. Mad right now. Yeah. So. <laughs> because I'm I am. Because <laughs> I am. No, it's actually uh, one thing I, one last question that I have, because when I was looking at the website before, is do you ship internationally or is it UK only at the moment? It's UK only yeah. at the moment. So UK okay. mainland. Um, we, at one point, we were shipping to Ireland, um, but we, we only ship to. The UK, yeah. Yeah. we do sell to a couple of um, distributors that sell our beer in um, some parts of Europe. Yeah. Um, mm. So yeah, you can get so it that, in some parts yeah. of Europe, but yeah. once we sell it to the distributor, it becomes there. Basically, they, what they do with it, so yeah. Yeah, we just see people pop up saying they had it in France yeah. or somewhere. We're like, oh, oh okay. or in Portugal. Or in Portugal, we're like, okay, so we know how it's got there. <laughs> social media they'll tag us and if it's in french and so we like right. translate i'll translate it yeah <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> anything else it's like oh okay and we hope it's good but then we see like a thumbs up or like they do a rating so we're like you know eight out of ten seems good so we're gonna take this yeah but in time yeah. um, i think once we have our own site it would be easier to maybe um get courier partner that we can work with that would ship yeah, internationally definitely. it's a bit it's a bit more difficult to do when you're not in control of the the logistics yeah. through a, a site a physical site um mm. so yeah, i was gonna in, say in so time. it's more like a logistic uh, problem than like a volume yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. well that has been so cool getting to know you two and the story behind the brand and also kind of the vision of where you see it going and i can't yeah. wait to see where you are in five years time 10 years time 30 years time we'll have to do a follow-up in a few years oh yeah. yes. <laughs> yes. yes then and now yes definitely yeah. a follow-up maybe a follow-up when we have a site and then a follow-up five years here we go yeah. and we'll do it live we'll do it live from yes. the site you know from the site let's, exactly actually, yes let's manifest that Yes, yes, we'll manifest that. Definitely. We should we'll follow up when we have a site. Hundred yeah. percent. That'd be pretty cool. Yes. Well, thank you so much for. And it'd be a fun episode because we'll be drunk. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Have food and drinks. Well, food and drinks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we keep that all up. Yeah. yeah. So well, before you. we wrap it up, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, we have one last question. Oh, and yeah. It's actually going to be interesting because there's two of you today. Oh, so yeah. it's a question we ask all our guests at the end of the episode. So we're gonna have okay. twins tonight. <laughs> um, so if you could have a conversation with anybody, dead or alive, famous or not, it doesn't matter. Anyone, any anybody ever, who you think is like the most interesting person for you in your eyes, who would you pick and why? Oh. Who we'll go first? <laughs> I've actually been. Well, we've, we've talked Can about. Can it be someone before. in the family? Can it be like? You yeah. said I was anyone. Like, right? Anyone. I was yeah, going yeah. to say actually. Um, I was going to say my 
my maternal grandfather, um, my mum's dad. So I never got to meet him because he passed away even when. But you know, he was he was actually you know very. He was a huge, huge, huge businessman, and for him, especially at the time, just it was just after I guess the end of colonial time in Congo, and what he was able to do in terms of. You know, he had some businesses in shipping and mm-hmm. what he did for his community and, you know, for my my mum and her siblings and everyone else. It was just, I think it was astronomical because at, at the time there was so much struggle and my granddad mm-hmm. was able to do so much for the people around him that it would have mm-hmm. been great to meet him, I think. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that's who I, I think, actually, I thought about that. It would have been nice to... To have met him, yeah. That's so similar to me because I'm. Mine's always my say. My mum's dad. I never got to meet. He died yeah. before I was born, and I always think that would be the person that I would choose. So yeah. I relate to you with that one. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. <laughs> oh, so what about you? I guess similar. Um, You're just copying. No, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I, I actually mentioned her I'm at joking. the start, didn't I? My great grandma. Um, yeah. If if I could pick anyone to have a conversation with it, I'd probably be her. She probably she was probably one of the most intellectual people at the start of my life. She had a lot of um, basically the decisions she made had a lot of impacts on who I've become mm-hmm. today. Right. right. Um, my great granddad, maybe because I never got to meet him. Well, actually, no. If I could pick anyone, I got to meet my great grandma. Um, she mm. passed away when I was in my twenties. So, mm. yeah. Um, if I but if I could sit down and have a conversation with anyone again, I think I'd pick her. I love so, that you both these. chose family. Yeah. 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 Honestly, I just yeah, it's weird because I know people want to speak to famous people, and I'm, but I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. But I feel like if you do meet them, I wouldn't. There are probably loads of things I wouldn't ask someone who's really like having a well a meaningful conversation. I just mm. no, yeah. but I will have like a mini. There's so many things I want to ask my yeah, my granddad and, and being able to tell them about your life yeah. and things that you've done. Yeah, and there's love. Love is going to be wrapped to up in that. So I think yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. So I, I'm not no for yeah. sure. Yeah, but yeah, I think everyone <laughs> has their reasons. But yeah. that's why I think yeah. definitely awesome. Thank you both of you, honestly, for this amazing conversation. I will link your website. So if anyone in the UK wants to order beers, T-shirt, glasses Thank as well, you. they're really cool. Your branding is on point. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> um, I will leave everything there, your social media, so yeah, people can check you out and follow you. Thank and you. Uh, no, yeah, again, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having us. Yes, thanks for really having us. Fun. It's been an interesting conversation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, thank you so much. And for everybody watching and listening on YouTube and on the podcast, thank you so much for tuning in today. We'll be back next Wednesday with a brand new episode. So we'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.